Hi, this is Monica Olivas. I love running, eating, and sharing the best tips and strategies to help you run your best life. It's time to get inspired, do the work, and be brave so you can chase down your goals. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you think macros is short for macaroni and cheese, or if you need a review of what macros are and how paying attention to them can help you achieve a healthier, balanced diet, listen closely because this episode is packed with info. But before we get to talking about Macros 101, let's warm up. Hello, hello. I hope you are having a great day. I hope maybe you're on a great run. And to go along with that, I have a great show for you. But first, I want to give a little disclaimer. I used to talk about weight loss a lot on Run It Repeat. Losing weight was originally one of my main goals. And I think part of what made my site so successful was the fact that I was a real relatable girl struggling with my weight and willing to share my journey online. And it's wild to kind of think about and even phrase it that way because everyone has a social media presence now. Tons of people can be considered influencers, but I don't think that the biggest Instagram and TikTok stars are truly sharing all of the awkward and embarrassing stuff. And yes, I know that it has become more trendy or common to share a one-off unflattering picture and you label it as being real or Instagram versus real life. I don't think that sharing one random picture with you showing your cellulite is the same as admitting, and this is just my opinion, but I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's necessarily as vulnerable, personal, just private as admitting and and talking about this long-term that you started binge eating in college and have struggled to stop for years to the point where you decided to go to therapy because it was taking over your life. And I was sharing those things. It was the good, the bad, and the ugly on Rennie Repeat for a really long time. And a lot of it was the ugly, or at least the random, the awkward. It wasn't a highlights reel on any level with every now and then a random, like real, relatable, vulnerable post. It was a ton of just junk as I was trying to figure it out. And this might seem off topic, but I promise it's related. This is all just something that I think is really important to share. I'm saying this because even though there are tons of posts on Run It Repeat that are very embarrassing from things that I just wouldn't stand by now, the way I talked about food and my body to the tragic photography, which is a whole other thing, but it's real. It was oversharing, awkward, embarrassing, but it was all part of my very long journey to weight loss and kind of getting to a healthy, balanced place. And if you think about it, 
a long-term process, a long journey isn't sexy or glamorous, right? And I am a bullet points person. I want everything sped up. So now when we watch videos, a lot of times, or even swipe through on Instagram, it is kind of like just the highlights, just the best stuff, or sometimes even the worst stuff. But a long journey, there's a ton of boring moments that go along with it. Whether it's, if you think about marathon training, right? If you have trained for a marathon, yes, there are tons of triumphant moments where your first double digit run potentially, right? Your first 20 miler, like to finish that for the first time, amazing. To share your Metal Monday posts or a picture of somewhere gorgeous where you get to run, or even after a bad run, a picture of you kind of dramatic laying on the sidewalk. These are the big highs and lows. But if you're running five days a week, there are more than anything, a lot of just miles where you are putting in the work. They are maintenance miles. They are easy runs to help keep you in shape. It is stretching. It is foam rolling. It's not necessarily these super gorgeous photo ops that you would want to share every single step. And I I think that's fine. I don't think that anyone should feel obligated to share anything they don't want to. I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing a highlights reel. I mean, based on alone what I just said, right? A lot of the other stuff is kind of like, meh. It's stuff that you would call and tell your mom, but there's not a ton of other people necessarily that really care about everything you did, saw, ate, wore that day, unless potentially you are Kim Kardashian. So I'm a-okay with the current state of social media. I think that everyone should just be able to post whatever they want to post, I'm just kind of tying this back because I've had a struggle with thinking about how and why I started running repeat and some of the things I used to post that, like I said, I wouldn't necessarily stand by now, which is why I want to tie it into everything we're talking about today, because this isn't a show about dieting and weight loss specifically. I think it's more about healthy, balanced eating After I lost weight and was able to maintain it, and I think everybody is different, but I know that a lot of people wanted to know, how did you lose weight? People that were just discovering Run It Repeat, and how did you maintain it? And what do you eat while training for a half or a full so that you're not gaining weight? Because as runners, a lot of times we joke about food and carbs and donuts and pizza, all of these things a lot. And it's very fun and cute to take a picture with a big slice of pizza. But the reality is that sometimes people that are doing that aren't necessarily eating these things. So it's hard to know what to believe. And that's why I think it's important to also talk about these things. However, so after I lost weight, and it was like a long-term journey, it wasn't just me trying to lose the freshman 15 and then being able to maintain it easy peasy. It was me being what I thought at least 
and this can be like a whole other show, whether or not I actually was, but me being chubby since I was in second grade and growing up with that mentality and treating myself in that way and having this weight problem for all of this time and trying to lose the weight and just doing it in the wrong way. And when I finally figured it out and figured out a way that I wasn't just going to lose weight quickly, you know, with like a cleanse or a challenge or whatever, but also in a long-term healthy way, I continued to talk about it. I feel like I found a good balance to running and eating and that I was able to maintain my weight loss for a long time. And of course, I got questions about it. So I wanted to keep talking about it. But I also realized that part of what caused me to hate my body in high school, which is what led me to diets, which is what then led me to binge eating, all of that was caused by diet culture, right? By glorifying certain diets and weight loss and certain body types and this message that we were getting. And I think things are changing, but they're changing slowly because it's still, even if kind of a curvier body is becoming more in now, God bless JLo and Beyonce, right? It's still then, if if you don't have that body, then it's still like this forced thing. It's not saying all bodies are welcome. All of that is part of this kind of diet culture on some level. And I didn't want to support that. It made me feel bad. And I got to a place where I unapologetically couldn't read anything or follow anyone that made me feel bad about my body or what I ate. So almost even if someone was talking about similar things to what I thought in terms of how I was balancing my diet in a healthy way, if I felt like they were talking about it in too extreme of language, they were too militant about it, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to walk over here because I just don't want to feel like I am being scolded or judged and I don't want to support that vibe at all. And I I keep saying this lately. This is like the theme for my life right now, self-awareness. I think that Over the last few years, I've been through a lot. I've been in a lot of therapy. I've talked about this freely. I think one of the things about it that's not necessarily, this isn't why I went to therapy, but one of the benefits is that I became more and more self-aware and validated or empowered to realize if I feel like I am in a situation either in real life or when I am scrolling through social media, I know my triggers. And again, this can be about anything, but I am able to realize, recognize something and just remove myself without it being a big, emotional, dramatic thing. I am just completely at peace with either unfollowing someone or just maybe not that, maybe just closing it out, scrolling through it, or removing myself physically from like a conversation. I just realized that I need to do this 
to maintain my mental health and also maintain the person that I want to be. If I want to be a kind person and I realize that something or someone is really triggering me and I am not going to be the person that I want to in my reaction, either to them or even to myself, right? If this is going to cause me to think bad things about me or about someone else, I'm not involved in it. So I stopped talking about food for a while. I definitely stopped talking about diet challenges and anything that was very kind of like extreme dieting or weight loss specific because I didn't want to trigger anyone else. I just realized how that feels to be triggered myself and I didn't want to do that. But this has always bugged me because it's something that I talk about freely in why I started Run It Repeat, why I think it's really important for me to keep talking about because of the fact that it wasn't like this very, like I said, just this freshman 15 and it was easy for me to just get, lose the weight and I was fine and it was all la-di-da. No, it, that's not how it was for me. And I couldn't relate to other people that it seemed like it was very easy for, that you were just naturally very thin and you needed to lose five pounds so you looked better for a vacation. I didn't relate to that. And I want to be a friend to anyone that needs to relate to me. So it's always bothered me because I talk about how I started Run Eat Repeat to help me, you know, be accountable and lose weight. And I talked about that journey. And then when I finally did it, I kind of stopped talking about it to some extent because I was like, whoa, am I supporting diet culture? This has been a struggle for me. And I want to talk about these things because I know that having a balanced diet is so important. It can make you feel better. It can make you feel excited to get up and go run in the morning. And that's awesome. And I think that knowing your body and your nutrition needs is so wildly important for any endurance sport that you are doing. Whether you want to have an awesome day snowboarding all day or you want to run a half marathon or a full marathon, whatever it is, if you want to be active for long periods of time, it is important to know how to fuel your body. And I know that when I figured out my fueling plan, like my best practices, especially for a full marathon, it changed my running. I got a lot faster and I feel like I was just happier because I was having more fun. It felt better. I didn't feel like I was slamming into a wall. I could run a race and feel fine. And not like I I can go run it again. Let me do five ultras tomorrow. But I felt great and I was excited. And I want to get back into talking about these things. And I am giving this entire disclaimer because I want to let you know that I think this stuff is important and I will try my best to keep the messaging around a healthy diet more in terms of when you go somewhere, I want to say to a zoo, remember those, remember when people did things and there would be a sign outside of some animal's place 
I, I don't want to call it an enclosure. I don't know what you call it. And it would say like, the panda is from this part of China and their diet consists of just diet in the way that it means what a certain animal eats and not in a way that means it is wildly important that you lose weight or you're not even cool. So I really want to start talking about this more because I think that it's important for us to be informed and there's always new awesome information that studies come out with, right? To help us have a healthier diet so that we have a higher quality of life. The healthier that you are, the healthier that you feel, the, I think, kind of the healthier life you can maintain, the more you can do. And that's an awesome, happy thing. So that's why I asked Tina to be on the show today. I thought this would be a good way to start talking about nutrition we're not talking about diets or weight loss specifically. We're talking about macros and how a balanced diet can help you feel better and run better. I think it's a really great place to start. If you're not super informed on nutrition, it's also a great review if you want to check in with yourself or your current diet. And before we get to the interview, I want to tell you about Tina. I've known Tina for years, and her blog, Carrots and Cake, was one of the first ones I ever read. She used to blog three times a day with updates on what she was eating. I found this fascinating because she's from Boston, and me being from Southern California, I think everything about that area is so interesting and different from my little world. She also introduced me to iced coffee. Mind you, I had just worked at Starbucks. I just thought I didn't really like coffee all that much, but she would always go to these cute little places that were common of her little circle in the East Coast, and they didn't really have those types of places around me at the time. Since then, Thank God SoCal has upped their game with the iced coffee, including having Dunkin' Donuts now. But she basically introduced me to iced coffee and I became a super fan. Thank you, Tina. But regarding her blog, I think sometimes it's hard to tell how big, for lack of a better word, how big, how popular a blogger is. It's a little different with like YouTube and sometimes with Instagram, you can kind of see numbers and stuff if you're curious, but it's hard to tell sometimes with someone that has a straight up website or even podcast really, right? But Tina created one of the most popular lifestyle blogs of the time. She's very modest, so you would never know it, but she was and still is a huge deal. And we met on a blog trip years ago, and she's just one of the nicest girls I have ever met on a trip like that. And we've been friends ever since. So I think she's awesome on a personal level. And on a professional level, she is also awesome. She has tons of experience and knowledge about fitness and nutrition. She's a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, 
and a certified nutrition coach. She's also a successful author, and her latest book was just about to come out when we spoke, so we mention it at the end. I'll definitely link to that. I'll put links to her Instagram and her website in the show notes on runningrepeat.com so you can check it out there. And now let's get to the interview. Tina, I have been wanting to do this episode for so long. Today we're talking macros 101 and just trying to get an idea. This is a phrase that people have been hearing for really forever. And I think there are a lot of misconceptions, misunderstandings, which is so unfortunate because this is information we can use as such a great tool to be fitter, healthier people, but also better runners, stronger runners. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this and just want to start off with what are macros. (laughs) Sure. So macros are macronutrients. So macros for short. Um, And macronutrients are the protein, carbs, and fat in our foods. And all foods have them in different amounts and ratios. And instead of counting like calories or Weight Watchers points or something like that, people are paying attention to the macros in their diet. And so that's where this whole macro diet comes from. But really, like you said, they are a tool. They're not necessarily a weight loss tool. They can be used for training and running and weightlifting and just being a healthy person. Um, so it's not necessarily tied to weight loss all the time. They really can be used for a variety of reasons. Yeah. If for some reason, I think that a lot of times it is just terminology. And it seems like in the past, people that have used the phrase macros are people that are either more like trying to lose weight specifically by counting macros or the fitness competition, bodybuilding vibe kind of people. But when you liken it to even Weight Watchers points, which ultimately their point system is using macros Mm -hmm. on some level just to, and that's it, but they're switching it to points. So it's kind of easy for people to use and, and kind of more spur the moment, but macros are just fat, protein, carbs. Yep. 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 And I think super, super simple. Yeah, it is really simple. Like when you get down to it, and I think macros kind of gotten a bad rap over the years because I don't know, maybe like five years ago, all these macro companies came on the scene and people got like really like hardcore with macros and hitting your macros and macroing harder and stuff like that. And I just think that is such a like black and white approach to macros when really they can just be a helpful tool to have you live like a happier, healthier life where you're just more aware of your food choices. Um, so if you're listening now and you're like, oh, macros, <laughs> like give it a chance, give it a chance before you just blow it off as like another diet. Yeah. And I, I mean, it really is a good tool to understand too, if you are eating a balanced diet, which is something that I think we all kind of support is like, we should have balanced lives. It's definitely hard to do, but we should have a balanced diet and you can use this as kind of information on how to balance it out. How does someone start if they are like, I am curious about macros. I want to eat a more balanced diet. Where would they begin? 
I mean, you could come to the Carrots and Cake website. That would be a great place. Um, I also have a cookbook all about macros out. So that's always a good place. Um, but I think just figuring out um, your energy needs, I think that's probably a good place to start. Um, and I always tell people about, I don't want to get too in the weeds or too scientific, but your total daily energy expenditure, I think that's a good place to start because that's like how many calories your body needs to do all its physical activities. So if you're a runner, like how much are you running? Are you a teacher where you're on your feet all day or a waitress or something like that, like different occupations, different exercise types. You need to know how many calories you're burning per day, how much energy your body needs, but figuring out that total daily energy expenditure, I think is really huge. And you can just Google it. There are calculators out there that will give you an idea, but I feel like that's always a good starting point. Um, and then of course, self-promotion. If you check out my cookbook, there is a way to calculate your macros in the beginning. And I do have some resources on my site to how to figure out what your macro breakdown might look like. But I think the first step is figuring out how many calories does your body need? Mm -hmm. So basically you were saying kind of energy expenditure, how many calories your body needs either to maintain or, you know, to fuel whatever you're trying to do. And then taking that information and applying it to macros, how many macros you should have of each. Exactly. Exactly. And then from there, I mean, that's basically, again, I don't want to make this too complicated, yeah. but that's basically mm -hmm. your maintenance, like how many calories do you need a day to just live your life, to fuel your runs, to just live a happy life. And then from there, if you want to like lose weight or something like that, then you could take a deficit from that total number. But I always tell people to start there because that's a good starting point for knowing what's going on with your body. Um, because if you're not tracking anything, you have no clue how much you're eating. Like you don't really know where to go from there. You have no data. So I always tell people track for two, three, four weeks and just see what happens, you know, see how you feel. And then from there, you can decide if you need a diet, if you need a reverse diet, if you want to put a muscle, you know, what your next step is. Yes. I love that. And I love using macros for this because I think sometimes because of potentially if you did diet in the past, especially if it was restrictive on any level. And there were, I think, a lot of diets in the past too, that were very low calorie, calorie restrictive, however you want to call it, that it was the norm for people to talk about eating 1200 calories a day. And especially if you are active, if you are asking athletic things of your body, if you want to be able to think clearly, that's not really realistic. But if you have in your head, the concept that X amount of calories equals good X equals bad, reframing it and using macros I think is a good way to be a neutral observer of what you're doing and then kind of figure out how you need to change it. And you definitely need to be aware of it if you are trying to up your level of performance with anything that is like super athletic. Let's say someone is supposed to eat about 2000 calories a day as a baseline. What should their macro balance be? Is it the same? And this is kind of like a two-part question. Is it the same for everyone? No, I wouldn't say it's the same for everyone. I mean, there are definitely things that are kind of like common themes for macros. One is like the fact that the majority of your 
listenership, I always said, I almost said readership, <laughs> are runners. Um, I think carbs are super duper important as far as just making sure you have enough because the thing about the body is it likes carbs. Carbs are really easy to burn. And if you are somebody who is running long distance or doing any sort of endurance training, your body wants that energy. So it's a big fan of carbs, but then also making sure you're getting enough protein too, because you want to make sure you have some sort of muscle maintenance happening because running for long periods of time can be very catabolic on your body where you kind of like break things down, but having enough protein and enough carbs in your diet um, can really make sure you are maintaining that muscle mass. Um, so it's not to say everybody has the same things going on, but those were probably the two macronutrients that you want to make sure you're getting enough of. And then not to leave fat out, you definitely need fat. As a woman, you need some sort of fat in your diet, just as far as like healthy hormones go, healthy skin, healthy hair, um, you know, things like that, that women generally care about. Um, and I tell most of my clients not to go below 20 to 30% of their calories coming from fat. But from there, it kind of just depends on the person, what's going on and what's going on with their lifestyle as far as what their macros should be. For sure. And that reminds me too, that something that we've talked about on the show before in terms of after a run fueling is it's often recommended to have it, it varies depending on the, the source, but either a four to one or three to one carbs to protein ratio that is like the best kind of um, balance for a refuel after a run specifically, but everyone is different, right? Which is why it could be three to one, it could be four to one and kind of paying attention to how you're recovering, I think is really helpful kind of journaling that. How do we figure out if we are just trying to look at what we're eating right now, how do we figure out what macros are in our kind of normal current diet? Oh, like how you would track it yeah. or pay attention to it. So I personally like my fitness pal. It's a free app. Um, there is a premium version that has a few more bells and whistles that makes it a little bit easier. It actually does make the macro tracking easier. If you upgrade, you don't need it. You could definitely do it on the free app, but I like that one just because it's super user-friendly. You can just enter your macro info, your calorie goals, um, and just start tracking. It's just a database where you Google or Google, <laughs> you search whatever food in MyFitnessPal that you want to enter. And it has like thousands and thousands of entries. You can also scan UPC codes. Um, it just makes it like really easy to track. But I love that app as far as tracking um, because it will tally how many grams of protein, how many grams of carbs, how many grams of fat and your overall calories. Um, so I think that's a good place to start. There are other ones out there. There's MacroStat, there's chronology. There's a few different ones out there, but I always say start with my fitness pal. I swear it's the easiest one. You just have so many options in there to get going. Uh-huh. And do you currently track your macros like on a regular basis? Yes. And no, I actually just did a video about this earlier today. So the thing about macros and just nutrition in general, it really should be planned out ahead of time. So I think all, this is where a lot of women kind of get tripped up and everything is that they almost think they need to be on a diet all the time. And really like dieting should be such a small portion of what you're doing with your nutrition. Um, and personally, I'm in kind of like a maintenance phase right now. Like I don't really want to lose weight. I'm not on a reverse diet. I'm just kind of hanging out in maintenance. So I do track here and there, but it's a hundred percent for awareness. Like I'm not trying to lose weight. I just want to make sure I'm a healthy individual. Um, and for me, it's like getting enough protein just as far as maintaining muscle as I get older, building muscle, and then getting enough fiber in my diet. We can talk about fiber too, like a whole separate topic, but it's just 
just so good for gut health and um, hormone health and things like that. So really that's what I'm paying attention to when I'm tracking is just making sure getting enough protein in my diet, getting enough fiber and just getting enough calories in general, because that's the thing. Macros don't need to be used for weight loss. They can be used for a lot of things. So like I said, in my video, I usually track breakfast and lunch and then dinner. Sometimes I try it. Sometimes I don't kind of just depends on the day. Um, cause for me right now living this like maintenance life, it's like close enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't have a specific goal in mind. Like I'm not trying to lose 10 pounds. I'm not trying to compete in a bikini competition or CrossFit competition. I'm just living my life through the holidays. <laughs> yeah. When you are tracking shoot for a certain macro balance, like do you kind of have your personal set ratios that you are aiming for? Yeah. So, I mean, over the years, I've definitely kind of refined like what works for me and doesn't work for me. But again, this is something that just come with experience. Um, so for me, I mean, I'm trying to keep my protein consistent and I typically, I, I feel like you hear a lot of the body weight times one is how much protein you should eat. I'm 140 pounds. So 140 grams of protein is kind of a lot for me. Um, so I don't eat that much protein. I'm probably like my weight times eight or weight times nine, somewhere in there. So I do try to get a decent amount of protein in my diet just because it helps me as far as feeling full and satisfied, keeping my blood sugar balanced. And then as far as carbs and fat, they're kind of like interchangeable in my life. I always see protein as like a building block mm -hmm. and carbs and fat more as like a fuel source. So for me on workout days, I'm making sure I'm getting enough carbs, you know, because I, I need the extra energy, you know, I need to recover well. So I'm making sure I get enough carbs. But then on rest days, I don't need as many carbs. So I tend to eat a little bit higher in fat and the fat just helps me stay full for longer, helps balance my blood sugar. And I just don't need as many carbs. So I kind of switch it up between workout days and rest days. And that's generally what works for me. Again, I'm not like crazy strict about it, but I do use the macros just to help me be aware of what I'm eating from day to day. Yeah. I really love this concept too, of once you do track something for a while and are mindful of it and how it's affecting your body, you can use like physical tools, how you are feeling, checking in with yourself and that, you know, now, you know, that you feel okay. And I think that macros are one of those things too, that we don't even realize if in the past you were dieting or counting calories, let's say not even necessarily dieting and feeling like I'm eating enough calories for my body and my exercise, and I'm still hungry. And what I found personally in the past is I wasn't eating enough fat or enough protein potentially, or enough carbs, like depending on what I was doing in the world and what kind of not official diet, but you know how sometimes you go through phases of trying to eat certain things. Like I'm just going to eat a certain type of whole grain or trying to eat less meat. And as you are doing that, just in an effort to be healthy for me personally, I realized there were times where I was like, why am I still so hungry? And sometimes your body has different needs, but there were times for sure that my macros were off. I didn't have enough healthy fats that day. And I was like starving. I felt like I had eaten enough. I think that that missing piece sometimes is really helpful for being able to balance your diet. But you mentioned to fiber and I want to talk about that because I associate that very closely with all of these things as well. How does fiber fit into all of this? So fiber for 
Me specifically, I have a GI disorder, so I'm trying to keep my gut as healthy as possible, but fiber, um, is really filling. So, I mean, having a meal that's like filled with like tons of veggies or some fruit or whole grains, um, they're really satisfying and filling and they can keep you full for longer. So I'm always like, Hey, let's beef up your meals with some good, healthy nutrients. And that's the thing you can get a lot of fiber and a lot of nutrients from vegetables or beans or lentils or anything like that. So it's really good as far as just making you feel full, keeping your blood sugar balanced. So you're not having that like roller coaster blood sugar where you're hungry, not hungry hungry, not hungry, um, depending on how you're eating, but also just for overall gut health, because the thing about fiber is that the good bacteria and everything feeds on it. They could just promote a healthy gut. And when you really look at overall health, a lot of things go back to the gut. And I'm just thinking about like hormonal health. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are women, maybe they're in their late thirties, early forties, but you know, hormones start changing around that time. And if you're struggling with any sort of hormonal imbalance, hormones are detoxed through your gut. So you want to make sure any excess hormones are getting out through your digestion. Um, so fiber can really help with that. So just making sure you're getting enough in your diet. And that's the thing with my approach, as much as I love macros as a tool, I really do look at a very holistic approach. Um, because yeah, you could hit your macros every single day on the dot, but I mean, you might not be healthy. So really like health is number one for me. And number two is macros. So they're, they're so helpful for a variety of reasons, but there's so much more to the story when it comes to just good health. Yeah. And I I really love when you were describing kind of like the fiber helping you feel full. I always think about the picture of the stomach with Mm -hmm. the different levels of like fat, protein and, and like fiber rich where there's like a ton of vegetables in there. It just, yes, when you're used to eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and they're full of, you know, fiber, it is a very filling for sure. Mm -hmm. What because I think a lot of people are going to ask, and if you're comfortable talking about it at all, you said you have GI and autoimmune or what's Mm -hmm. going on with that? So I have ulcerative colitis. So it's a autoimmune disease. Um, It's quite the glamorous disease, (laughs) (laughs) but um, knock on wood, I've been in remission for a few years now and doing a lot better than I was, but the fiber and just eating healthy and things like that, um, obviously just you know, boost my overall wellness. Um, so I'm really big on as much as I'm, you know, carrots and cake and I still have wine and chocolate and all that. Um, I really do focus on getting good quality sources of food. And I think that's another place where macros kind of get a bad rap. The whole, if it's your macros type thing where you can have donuts and you can yeah. have burgers and all that yeah. stuff, if it fits your macros, you're good to go. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if you can get a donut to fit in your macros for the day, great. Um, but I really think like the majority of what you're eating should be whole foods, healthy foods, nutritious foods. Um, but macros are great because it allows you that awareness to say, Hey, most of my day was healthy food. So now I can have a glass of wine with dinner or dessert or whatever it is. And you can still feel good about those choices. So I love that it's, you know, macros just allow for that balance. For sure. And I know that since we talked about it, if anyone is dealing with anything similar, you blogged about it so much, I think, in your journey. And it is to go back to old blog posts. I'm assuming they're still up. If potentially people want to go through the archives of Carrots and Cake, like you were very, very open about your efforts to feel good and feel healthy and get to a better place. So it's, it, to, to see now that you are on 
the other side of that, you know, again, knock on wood is really, really awesome because I remember us talking and it being like, you know, a fact finding mission for a really long time of you trying things. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it was like quite the journey, but yeah, if anybody is in a similar situation with GI issues, um, some of those posts are probably my most favorite posts and the posts mm-hmm. that I'm most proud of because I really just spilled my guts, you know, cause it was yeah. hard. It was really, yeah. really hard when you have zero control over your body, especially in my situation where I was this like healthy living blogger and I'm going to the bathroom 30 times a day and bleeding to death. It just was yeah. like, weird situation for me. And I think also being kind of like a type A personality, it was even more frustrating that I couldn't figure out how to fix myself. So yeah, yeah, definitely. If you guys want more info, it's all there. Yeah. Cause it, it is, it is awesome. And I just, I feel like when you were talking about it, it occurred to me, I'm like, Whoa, I feel like we really followed along with that, that journey. And it was, cause there were so many different things you tried and were doing and sharing about, which is very, very awesome. If anyone is kind of going through that, I highly recommend kind of looking through your past posts. And now I lost my train of thought because I was, <laughs> I was like back there with, I, I just remember you talking about going to even the hospital, you know, to go get yeah. an IV. And it was just like, whoa, to, yeah. to be like, you know, to say knock on wood, I feel better is like such a, a thing to definitely celebrate. If someone is kind of curious about applying this to their own current diet. You said MyFitnessPal, that was the app that you kind of recommended. Mm -hmm. And then is there something there? I feel like it's been forever since I've used MyFitnessPal, but if you just put in what you ate today, for example, does it have one of the options, the will of the the macros? Does it? Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll break it down for you. And if you click over to the nutrition tab, it will tell you your grams of protein, carbs, and fat. So it will give you your initial macros. But I always tell people when they first start, like commit to like 10 days of tracking everything you eat, like the good, the bad, the ugly. Don't try to eat especially healthy. If you eat a whole bag of Doritos, put the whole bag of Doritos in there because it's just going to bring awareness to what you're eating. Um, But then after 10 days, you can really kind of get an idea of like how much you are eating. Um, Because that's the thing. Some days, I mean, this is what I think. I feel like a lot of women Monday through Friday, they're like really quote unquote good Mm -hmm. and they're on track. And then the weekend comes and they kind of like blow it out of the water. That's another thing to pay attention to if like there's that discrepancy between the week and the weekend. Um, it's also just helpful for you to see what's going on. But that information as far as like data goes and tracking that information is so, so helpful for how much you're currently eating and then getting that total daily energy expenditure and just comparing the two, like how much are you eating? How much does your body really need? For sure. And I think with runners, we can take it to this whole other level too, because during the week, obviously I could eat the same healthy things for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But if you are doing a long run on the weekend and you want to potentially celebrate and have that victory lap after, I just think it is very easy to justify just eating trash. And I I mean... Sometimes it's fun. We talk about donuts and pizza constantly, but I think that suggesting the the 10 day timeframe is also really awesome. You don't have to show it to anybody, you know, like, so if you are eating a bunch of donuts, a bag of Doritos, whatever it is, you don't, you don't have to show this to anybody. You do not have to make it public. It is good information for knowing your current 
state of the union in your body and why you are feeling a certain way. I think there are so many times where someone tells me, I feel like I am getting slower or I'm always tired. I'm not recovering. And back to basics, like, are you getting enough sleep? Are you doing the recovery? Are you refueling within the time window? And what is your diet? Like, what is your hydration? Like, these are kind of simple things that we get away from a lot of times. And it's like, if you are not feeling 100, get back to those basics with just the fact finding mission. And it reminds me too, I'm a big proponent of intuitive eating. And I think this works well with it in step one. I think a lot of times for trying that is, and I've talked about this before, how to kind of start with intuitive eating a neutral observer where you just kind of watch yourself in a situation, any situation when you are eating, if you are binge eating, if you are eating normal and not with any judgment, but as if you are someone else, if you are filling out your, you know, food log, just completely as if you are an animal, you are studying in the wild without any judgment as to why I think, and then going from there, because if you want to step up your game for feeling healthier, looking better. I I think you mentioned before too, it having an effect on your like skin and hair, what we're eating impacts all these other things. So it is just good to know what your current normal, you know, day in the life kind of diet is. Yeah. Yeah. And also just, um, going off that, just like with biofeedback and just how you feel. And I think again, (laughs) I'm like sticking up for macros, but I feel like they also get a bad rap because they are like, a diet and everybody sees it like that. But the thing about macros, I do feel like they can fit with this idea of intuitive eating, almost like intuitive macros, because with like traditional diets, you are often ignoring biofeedback. So like you're eating like a super low carb diet, but then you feel like crap because you have no energy. But I think the thing with macros, at least my approach is that you're using this as a tool to figure out like what's working, what's not working. So like with my one-on-one clients, I ask them every single week about their biofeedback. Like, are you sleeping? How's your mood? How's your skin? How's your digestion? Um, Because all these things factor in and like macros really are just the tool to get you to a healthier place. And that's the thing. I think when you're trying to like, quote unquote, hit your macros or like macro harder, that whole idea, like you are ignoring biofeedback because you're yeah. so focused on getting to a number on the scale or a specific body composition goal or whatever it is, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I just, I think my approach is just very different in that sense that it's not, I'm just trying to get you skinny or get you abs. You know what I mean? Like, I really want you to be like a healthy person and macros can be used that way. Yeah. And, and I think it is so important too, for kind of figuring out that balance. If you are new to running potentially, and you haven't ever counted in the past, like what percentage of your average diet is carbs, because you might need to increase it and balance it out with the other things. If you potentially don't want to gain weight or just how you are feeling. I think that in the past, when I've kind of first discovered that I was hypothyroid and messed with my diet. And for a while I cut out gluten for a very long while. And I was, because I was hungry, I was eating a lot of fat, like a ton of nuts. And I realized that I felt great. Like, I just like, I was like, maybe I should be eating more healthy fats. You know, I was, I was just like very satiated and, and just kind of looking at it as a tool there. That's another kind of example of just 
not seeing it as a diet, but just what is the balance of what I'm eating right now? And it is, is it making me feel good? Is it making me feel energized, performing better? All of those things I think are so important for everyone. But if you are, again, asking athletic things of your body, you need to be fueling it really well. Yeah. And I mean, this is cheesy to say, but I really do believe it. Like if you're not feeling good, pretty much all the time or most of the time, like it's just important to like, look at your diet, look at what you're doing. Because I think as women, like we just kind of get into this place where we're like, oh, this diet's supposed to suck. The workouts are supposed to feel terrible. And like, that's just what diet culture tells us. And I just don't Mm. think that's the case at all. Like you really can love everything that you eat. You can enjoy your workouts and just live a happy life. And I think when it gets to that point where you're like dreading the diet or dreading the workout, it's like, all right, time to reevaluate and just figure out what's going to make you happy. You know what I mean? As cheesy as that is, but no, uh, I, I'm a, a thousand percent. Like I am, I mean, my life is run, eat, repeat, but I am the first person to say, if you don't want to run, don't like, I wouldn't be able to make myself do anything that I didn't want to do. I genuinely love this. And I genuinely love watermelon. And I, you know, like it just like, and I genuinely love donuts. Like I wouldn't be making this effort or doing these things if they didn't also make me feel good. My friends have joked when we went on girls weekend or something. And I'm like, like I wake up in the morning and you know, you want to run and you want to do these things. And they're like, what is your deal? And I'm like, I mean, I feel like I eat a lot of healthy food and I really enjoy going for a run and I, I do need to go to sleep early, but I have since high school telling my brother to, can you quiet it down? He's like, you're such a nerd, but it just like, this is what makes me feel good. And I think that realizing that for yourself is like the best. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it should kind of related to that too, is that like, it shouldn't be so hard. And I think that's like what a lot of women come to that they just have to like white knuckle through a diet or something like that. And it shouldn't be that hard. And if it's that hard, it's not the right diet for you. I actually have a podcast episode coming up about this, but it's, it's not you, you know what I mean? It's the diet. You know what I mean? It's not like you need more willpower or white knuckle harder. It's you're, you haven't found the right diet for you or the right workout or whatever it is. So, um, it's almost like back to the drawing board. If you're in a situation where you're just like, this isn't working (laughs) a a thousand percent, because it's like, if you hate it, what's ultimately the goal? Like if your effort is to exercise, to become healthier or even to lose weight, there are so many different things you can do that will help you with that, that will get you healthier, that will improve your fitness or your strength. There's not like this one thing that you have to do. That's gonna, you're going to hate. And the same thing with diets, it's like, figure out how to fuel yourself the best. And like, it is just, I feel like everyone is so much happier too, when they are have a balanced blood sugar and got in some endorphins, like everyone. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) I love it. Are you, you're haven't been, well, no one's really been training for races, but, um, I always ask what is someone's kind of victory lap? What is your post run workout? I I don't want to call it necessarily a a cheat meal, even though I don't mind that. Um, (laughs) or, but treat what's your favorite indulgent meal or dessert? 
what am I into right now? So there's a couple of things. There's a restaurant near us and we're not dining out very much, but they do takeout and they have these fried Brussels sprouts, which they are so fried that they are not healthy at all. Uh-huh. But they do like this aioli over the top and like they're in a skillet and oh my God, they are so good. And then that's the thing. If we do takeout, I'm like, can we get the Brussels sprouts? I'm just uh-huh. like, with them. And then also the other thing I've been really into are these, um, Brazilian cheese buns from Trader Joe's. Uh-huh. You guys see them. They're in the freezer section. You can pop them in your microwave. They're just these like little cheese bunny things and they're gluten-free, which is great for me. But having like a couple of those with a glass of wine is like the best, like happy hour treat. You know, you can just sit there, eat your cheese bun, have a glass of wine. Uh-huh. It's like, the best combo. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love it. I have seen those and I have not They're gotten good. them yet, but now I've sold. Mm-hmm. They're worth I, it. They're so good. I love it. Since you mentioned it and I'm actually going to go later today because I'm out of the peanut dressing. That's my favorite mm-hmm. thing from Trader Joe's. Any other Trader Joe's recommendations? Uh, if you're into dressing, they have a spicy Cashew. I just tried that for the first time recently. It's good. It's good. Like, um, like veggies and just like toss it, you know, even like warm veggies, not even like a salad, but that's really good. And I'll just throw like some chicken or, you know what I mean? Like ground beef or whatever in there, but it's like, it's so good. That's a good one. Um, what else have I been can do from there? The cashew butter. Really good. Just switch it up from almond butter or peanut butter, but their cashew butter is like perfect. I'm trying to think what else we've been getting from there. Oh, their gluten-free pizza dough is actually really good. My oh. husband and my son will eat it. So that's nice that I don't have to make like multiple pizzas. I can just make a pizza, but that's is, good. Is it the dough that you roll out? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I haven't tried yeah. that. So you can buy like a few, throw them in the freezer and then just defrost them when you're ready. But yeah, that's been really good too. That's good for just like a, you don't feel like cooking night and you just like throw a quick pizza together. Good. good for the whole fam. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now I know you got to run. So how can people follow you, get more information? So I'm at carrotsandcake.com. So carrots, the letter N and then cake.com. I'm carrots and cake on Instagram. I'm on Facebook as well. I have a community group and um, a podcast is coming soon. So getting it together, but I will be podcasting soon enough. Awesome. And tell us about your book. Oh yeah. (laughs) So in August, I came out with the everything macro diet cookbook. And so it's 300 recipes all with macro counts. It's all whole food based, um, super easy cooking. I am not fancy when it comes to cooking, but all delicious recipes, um, easy to find ingredients. I'm not making you get like arrowroot or (laughs) tapioca flour. It's all like basic stuff you have in your kitchen. And then the intro is all about counting macros, how to do it, how to calculate it. And there's some cheat sheets and things in the back um, that can help you get started as well. So it's a great resource if you're just looking to start counting macros. And if you just want some healthy recipes, there's some meal prep stuff in there too, that's helpful, but just to get you going as far as cooking in a way that will help you balance your macros. For sure. And that is so perfect with everything that we talked about. People want to kind of take the next step. Where can they get the book? Oh, it's on Amazon. It's on barnesandnobles.com. And then in January, it's going to be a Target, which is like the most exciting thing ever. <laughs> Seriously, that's so awesome. Congratulations. Definitely check out the book. And I will put links in the show notes to all of your info so people can um, follow you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
I hope that was informative and helpful. I'll put links to Carrots and Cake, her Instagram, and her new book on runnyrepeat.com so you can check it out there. Definitely give her some love on social media. And now let's get to the awards. First place goes to Instagram Reels because I just think they're super fun and entertaining. If you don't yet, definitely follow me at Run Eat Repeat on Instagram so you can see my runner inspired versions. I think that there's just a lot of fun, quick, little entertaining clips that you can swipe through, and I'm just loving it. P.S. I never check last week's or the previous show's awards. So if I ever keep giving an award to something, because I feel like I've kind of loved this for a minute now, if I am still loving something, it keeps getting awards. I'm just still really loving it. And so that should, it should get a double award or something. Okay. Second place. My holiday of the day calendar so I can keep up with the fun, random things to celebrate. I just, it's the little things. There is literally something to celebrate in every day and I love it. There's a lot of things that even if you are going to celebrate solo, you can do so. Whether it's like a food holiday or something random, a specific dog type holiday. You can scroll through, look at fun pictures of dogs. I just think it's like this small little joy and I love it. Third place goes to friends. Friends, not the show friends, actually, even though I feel like I would like that too. I just really haven't, I don't know how much of friends I've actually watched. Okay. Third place goes to friends as in the people. I just recently have caught up with a few longtime friends that I hadn't talked to in a while, and it just made my heart really happy. It still felt nice and familiar, like a high school friend, randomly. I connected on Instagram, and I just was like, oh, I I miss her laugh. It was just, I, I mean, I love this girl, and it was really nice, and it just was very easy to chat again, just... I don't know. I really loved it. It really made me happy. Maybe this should have been first place, but I definitely encourage you. Your homework for today is to text or maybe respond to a text if someone has reached out to you of a friend and just say something really sweet. I think it really means a lot. Send a GIF and say, hey, this reminded me of you, whatever it is, or a family member that you don't talk to that often. When you think of a random act of kindness, it doesn't have to be to a stranger. It can just be a random act of kindness to a friend or family member. And that's really an awesome, positive vibe to put out in the universe. So I encourage you to do that. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, the show notes are on runnyrepeat.com so you can get some more info, see pictures there. If you're done with your run, I hope it was awesome. Or if you have your hands free and you're not driving, like it's a safe situation, please screenshot this show or take a selfie of where you're listening and 
and share it on Instagram, tagging at runny repeat so I can see it too. I love that. I love seeing where you are or what you're doing as you're listening. And I really appreciate it. Have a great run.